Hello there, and welcome to Ready to Unload with Cal and Sam Pete, number 255. Hi, we're back. Holy cow. It has been a while. It's been a while since I said I'm sorry. Sorry for doing that. Hi, welcome back to the program. It is January the 28th, 2016. It is 10 p.m. It is time for Ready to Unload with Cal and Sam Pete, New York Sports Talk Podcast. Nice. It has been like almost two months since we've been back. Um, we we took a long break for the holidays. We took a lot of time off. It was um, it wasn't a sabbatical. It wasn't a holiday uh, holiday roll. Wasn't holiday vacation. Wasn't anything except you know we just took some time off to gather ourselves to figure out uh, what we're all about, what we want to do, and we're back. We're back to talk New York sports. We're back to talk uh, pop culture. We're back to talk um, pop culture in New York sports. Um, you know, the biggest problem, you guys, was uh, finding a friggin' night to do this. <laughs> That's what's become a problem of late, is uh, finding a night to figure out when to do this and, and to be able to do it on a steady basis, as we have done for low these six years. So uh, we are back. Um, we are going to attempt to do this. Cal is not yet here, so let me get to my uh, my usual. That's the guy. My usual um, intro. Uh, it is Thursday night. It is 10 p.m. We are live from Freehold, New Jersey, Newtown, Pennsylvania, and eventually Comac, New York. It's ready to unload with Cal. Pete, hi. I am the aforementioned Sam Pete. Uh, Steve Sampietro. Thank you for joining us. Uh, this is our 255th episode. We have uh, been doing this for over six years. Um, and uh, But as I said, we've been off for a while. We're back. It's very exciting. We have so much sports to talk about. Uh, it's ridiculous. And it's after 10 p.m., so it's obviously pants optional uh, for the podcast. No, um, we talk about sports. We talk about all the locals here in New York uh, with a bent towards the Mets, the Jets, and the Islanders, but we talk about the Yankees, talk about the Giants, talk about the New York Rangers, even the New Jersey Devils from time to time. What we won't talk about is the New York Knicks. I will not do it. All right, maybe I will. Um, so tonight, once Cal joins us, we're going to do a little um, uh, last last time on RTU. Cal. That's the guy. Um, still the guy. Um, he'll be joining us shortly. I think his daughters skipped uh, middle school and high school, and went to Harvard, apparently. But they're taking Harvard online. So Cal has to help them on a nightly basis with their Harvard homework. Um, it's very difficult. Uh, we love him. He's going to be here in a few minutes. Uh, but let's bring in the other co-host of the program. He's the third man in. He's the guy who usually uh, talks pop culture. So Cal and I talk a lot about sports, and it's no big deal. Like There's not a lot of arguing. We don't get in each other's faces. Not uh, hot takes everywhere. Uh, we talk about sports. It's it's not politics or religion. That's where the arguments start. It's just sports. There's no right or wrong. There's just talking about it and talking about it's fun. So we never uh, yell at each other. We occasionally <laughs> over low these. Well, that's the second time I've used that. Low these 255 episodes. We have uh, had occasion to lock horns. The lock horns. Great comic. <laughs> I thought that's what marriage was. I thought there's no better time to bring in 
Bishop, pop culture PJ, who's the third man in. If you were in a ho- at a hockey game and this guy came in and he started just giving his opinion, we'd put him in the penalty box. He'd be the third guy and be kicked out of the game. But here, on Ready to Unload, with talented, he's just uh, he's the third guy whose opinion we love. We love his opinion. Uh, the Bishop, Bish. That's him playing guitar too, and he he will let everybody know it. <laughs> Did you um did you uh you're you're muted. I think you're muted. You have one of these microphones muted. Yes, the the laptop is muted. So unmute that. I can't hear you. Can't hear a thing. <laughs> Looks like I'm gonna be doing ready to unload solo tonight. It's just gonna be called Ready to Unload with Sam Pete. Those two other guys. Forget them. Uh, yeah, no, I can't, I can't, I can see you, but I can't hear you, buddy. Wouldn't be ready to unload if we didn't have all sorts of technical problems. <laughs> um, he was about to comment on the Lockhorns. Cal's going to be joining us in a minute. PJ, I'm looking at his face, um, because we're video chatting as well. We'll be joining us shortly. Um, what have we missed in these last six weeks? We have missed, uh, a good deal. We did the shows through the World Series. We did a show or two in December uh, when the Jets were making a playoff push. Um, But basically, we're going to have to go through this team by team and really sort of figure out what the hell has gone on with all these squads. Um, There's recent news uh, for both the Mets. Um, Obviously, the Giants hired a new coach. That's huge news, the first time in 12 years. Um, so that's huge. The Super Bowl is, 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 a, you know, about 10 days. Uh, we'll obviously talk about that. The Islanders and Rangers have about 35 games left. Hockey season is well underway, but I think, and I don't want to speak for Cal yet. He'll speak once he, once he joins us, but I think the world series and the Mets losing the world series really kicked the snot out of us. It really did. Uh, Cal and I. I. I don't think Can we've been emotionally me? the same. Yes. Hey, Peach. There you go. Beautiful. Uh, I don't think we've been emotionally the same since the World Series. Um, that was the first time uh, Cal and I had had a team in the World Series in 15 years. And the first time we had, and also in 15 years, you know, first time we'd lost a championship because none of our teams have been to the to the ultimate level. And I've noticed a change in Cal. He has not been able to get as into the Islanders as he was last year. Uh, he was into the Jets, but yeah, the Jets were a nice ride. They finished 10-6. and six. They should have made the playoffs, but we didn't go nuts about it. Um, I'm, inter- I'm going to be really interested to hear where he is sports-wise because really losing that World Series, whew, I'm still not over it. I, I got I to gotta tell you this, uh, Peach. Uh, let's well, yeah. here he is, the bishop. We figured it out. We fixed it. And now you I sound great. Plugged you look great. I do look good today. Let's not get you don't have I to I look better than I've looked. That's true. You didn't you didn't used to look like this. <laughs> That's my true. my favorite underrated line from Ghostbusters. <laughs> I gotta get some sleep. I'm dying. You don't look good. I don't? You don't look good. No. You didn't used to look like this. <laughs> Line. <laughs> it's um, a good friend hey, line. Well, yeah. It's a total good friend line. Um, welcome back, Bish. 
I'm so glad to be here. You look good. I said that already. <laughs> how did the uh, how did the Mets loss in the theme. World Series affect you? How how are you now? Three months later, are you okay? Is it um, is it couldn't care less or could care less? I don't know. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out what's the right one to say. Either one's going to be insulting, so go with either one. Oh, we were super disappointed over here, but we moved on. We did. Did you just go Capone on me there? Life moves on. <laughs> Enthusiasms. Enthusiasms. Hey, how good how good does Dirty Grandpa look? Not good at all. What is he doing? <laughs> what is he doing? That, you that can't trailer tell me came that on. doesn't look great. That tra- I can tell you it, and I'm going to tell it to you. Oh. That trailer came on, Peach, and Teresa goes, why is The Onion making movie trailers? <laughs> like, I can't believe they got De Niro for this Onion movie trailer. Right. He's <laughs> like a great he, comedy. Right, like, what a good sport. He's doing this Onion movie trailer. Right. Come on, come on. What is he doing? He was a taxi driver, for goodness sake. What is he doing? It's not I right. Don't think, I don't think that he thinks he should be taking the intense roles anymore. I can see you taking yourself out of those. I, I get that. Right. It's like it's knowing what's in your wheelhouse anymore and not in your – although he did that – what's that movie with uh, Anne Hathaway or whatever? But that's not intense, but – no, that's like like stay there, stay in the dramedy, right? Or the you know the the I don't I don't know what the genre is. It's not a chick flick, and I hate that word anyway. Or I hate no, that but he classification of genre. But do, you know what I mean. The yeah, soft, he can do that understated. Yes, understated stuff. He can be very good at because he's a quiet guy. Why is he Jamie Kennedy now? <laughs> like that's, the, that's where his that's where his career is gone. Somewhere Jimmy Kennedy's like, come on, dude. Do you think they went to him first? Or Efron? I think, well, no, I, 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 it, that looked like the kind of movie, like, like they wrote it for, like, Clint Eastwood or, or, uh. Right, and Clint Eastwood said, no way. No way. I've got a direct trouble with the curve, too. (laughs) More trouble with the curve. I've got to make this movie 20% too long. <laughs> Not going to be available. It's exactly 20% too long, too. That's the great thing about all his movies. All They're exactly movies. 20%. Like, yeah. if, the movie, if the movie is two hours, it is exactly 24 minutes too long. Yeah. It's precisely, if you take out 24 minutes, you have the perfect movie. You have a much tighter, much better movie. Trouble, trouble with the curve too. Trouble with the slider. <laughs> He's throwing it. American Sniper. How many times are we going to see him in the truck? How many times? How many times? I'm gonna. <laughs> I I think they go to De Niro first, and they say, "This is going to be a blast," and we'll put you with that Zac Efron kid, and it'll make a, yeah. a gazillion dollars. Right. He, but Pete, he thought they understand. said Zac Braff. I understand. <laughs> I'll no, do it with Zach, Zach Braff. Zach Braff. Everything's whiny. 
Listen, I understand not wanting to take the intense roles. I get that. And I I sort of appreciate that because you can't really do those anymore. Like you're never going right. to see the scene with him and Pacino from Heat again. Right, exactly. He does not have that fastball anymore. That's fine. Do we have to go here? <laughs> do, do, I mean, do we have to? He's going to do like a Big Mama's house next. Like what? Or a Medea. Like what is he doing? I don't, I don't, there's, there, there's a different audience though for that. The, the, you know, you're, you're not me. part, you're not part of the Fockers audience. I like the Fockers. That's what I was going to say. He like embraced that when he did meet the Fockers with like, that's, that's Ben Stiller. Yeah. Who's in this movie? Um, you got me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Terrible job. How do you feel about uh, – we're going to talk about sports in a couple of minutes. Cal- I was just going to think New York sports. Um, I was going to uh, – I was just talking about uh, the Mets while we were figuring out your microphone situation. And, and the idea and, – and really, uh, Pidge, it's going to be interesting to Excuse hear me. Cal. I belched on air. There we go. Yeah. Please. Where's the cough button? <laughs> okay, Howard Stern. Okay, thanks. Look, it's been six weeks for me. It's been. Why are you um, – Opie and Anthony now with the burping and the, are we doing a morning? Is that the thing? You're going to make fart noises now? I've started to listen to old episodes of Opie and Anthony on YouTube. How do you, how do you have all this there. kind of time? Who oh, has this time? time? You know what I've been doing? Are I've been listening streamer? to, I've been listening to uh, WTF on the one and a half speed because I don't have the time. Yeah. I died. I digest his podcasts um, at, at oh, one and a half. Oh, you just discovered this? Oh, yeah. I don't. I never used to breeze through his podcasts. Oh, they're a, getting a little long. That's a thing, though. That's a thing. I People can't do believe that? we never. I, I can't believe we never discussed this. Oh yeah, I'm starting to do it with all the podcasts though. I'm just zipping through yeah. them. It depends on who the WT. So WTF, I've been listening to for our listeners out there. I've been listening to WTF since December. 2009. I think I started on like episode three. Like the Louis C.K. one, which is what, like two or three? Yeah, the, either the Louis C.K. or the Dave Cross one. And I, I can't say that I've listened to all 600, but I've probably listened to about 550 of them. There's sure. probably only about 50 that I've missed. Um, mm-hmm. But I started, it depends on the guest. If it's somebody like I'm super into, that's real time. Yeah. If it's somebody that I'm kind of marginally interested in, that's time and a half. Mm-hmm. Most of them, are, most of them are, most of them are working on a Saturday. Most of them are time yeah. and a half. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, it's, and it's great; you really don't lose very much at all. And I, I found that I, I can, I, you know, I can listen to an hour and twenty minute podcast. And well, you do the math. I haven't come uh, across many recently. That had that ooh, it went deep feeling. Really, that some of the older ones did. I think well, the the Michael Moore one from this past week um, is pretty good. Okay, interesting guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and 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 it really acknowledges and embraces the idea that like people hate him, people are going to hate him, and he's like, well, well you don't even know me. Like go go like he tells a story about somebody calling him an asshole on the street, 
And he went and turned it back and went to get the guy and said, well, have you ever seen one of my movies? Hmm. And the guy's like, no. And he goes, well, I, I, but you're an asshole. <laughs> I said, well, go <laughs> and watch one of my movies. And 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 I guarantee you will you you may not agree with my politics you may not agree with what I'm saying but you will get a few laughs and you will be entertained. And he wound up shaking the guy's hand and the guy you know listened to him and he's like, I I try to engage that because I'm not you know I know my my politics aren't everybody's but I don't know it was it was interesting to hear somebody who was that self aware of where he yeah. existed in, in in the zeitgeist and in mm-hmm. the collective consciousness like. He exists in the American collective conscience as, as like a, a jerk mm-hmm. and like a, a ridiculously liberal left wing jerk, you know. Um, so that was a, I thought that was a good one. I thought it's been really shady, though, since the Lorne Michaels one. Because that was like he, his that was it. Like that was the white whale. Yeah. Is he spent now? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, that was, I'm trying to, the James Taylor one was great. Did you hear the James Taylor one? The James Taylor one was very good. Oof. Yeah, it, it was. Do you have a soft spot for James Taylor? I feel like you don't. I really, really like James Taylor. Um, but? Until, <laughs> until he, until he found that sort of, let's get funkier with it vibe in like not late seventies, early eighties. Like I how sweet it is or how, the how sweet it is kind of really pushes what I can handle. Like I like <laughs> where where I want to be. Would yeah, I like I like him when he's the folky and he when he's a little bit strung out and uh stuff was just flowing through him. And then I like the later James Taylor where he was like cleaned up and was just this like pure vessel. Um, right. You know, this the uh like the shed a little light period. Yeah. Um that that was really good. And I've seen him live a few times and he's unbelievable. Really? Yeah. really? Yeah. I feel like that's one of those guys who's um, and I, you use vessels like a good word because like the clean and so he was he's a um, a spectrum guy. He's got to be like either really strung out and mm-hmm. like on the on you know in 1967 on death's doorstep. Yeah. Or he's got to be completely clean, clear, and sober, and like focused, and you know n- no toxins at all. Yeah, yeah. There's there's no medium. James Taylor at all. Right. The the in between is uh, everybody do the funky wawa. <laughs> That's it's just not good. It's just not, let's everybody feel it out. Let's, let's, let's let the, the bass player wah. just go for a while. No, don't don't let the bass player go for a while. Don't. Don't ever let the bass don't ever. No one has ever said that and good things have happened. Yeah. In a in a, in a rock band, in a jazz band. That was that was a WTF that I was expecting to like, and it left me flat. Was uh, when he had Flea on, and he had the uh, uh, Robert Trujillo from Metallica. Yeah, didn't. Two, yeah, that was two bass players a, were going to come on and talk about Jocko, man. and it was like there's nothing there. It was just talking about being nope. in California. Oh boy. Yep. Well, <laughs> the red hot chili peppers. Yeah. You know my red stories about California. <laughs> my red hot chili peppers. Uh, my thing is always 
you know, you'd see Anthony Kiedis or whatever, you know, in 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 town while they're recording an album, be like, hey, Anthony, yeah. how's the uh, how's the album coming along? Oh, you know, same soup, just reheating it. <laughs> that's, that's that's every Chili Peppers album ever. You know, same soup, just reheating it. <laughs> that's, let me guess, is this one about California or uh, heroin, or heroin in California, or? Or a bridge in California where they sell heroin. Are you guys from California? Somewhere, somewhere in the annals of this show, there is a Chili Peppers riff that was done, and it was good. I wonder where it is. There is. It's probably like episode like you know one twenty five. There's the uh, the whole Chili Peppers. <laughs> <laughs> Let me guess. That was when we were talking about uh, Soundgarden too. It was every okay. time. Every time that Cornell brings lyrics into the into the studio into the room, right. like, right. what's this one about? Is this, uh, is this Andy doing heroin? Is this you doing heroin? Is this you doing heroin with friend, Andy? I've got a friend who is so obsessed with Chris Cornell. Now, first of all, I didn't know Chris Cornell toured this much, but he tours a lot. Does he really? And, yeah, and this friend of mine goes to every one of his East Coast shows, and then she posts wow. pictures. I can't... She? I sw- she. Would have figured that for a guy. She's an optometrist. <laughs> and... and, uh, and did not see that a, coming. And a really see what I did big... There? Wait, 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 wait. Did, did you see what I did there? You did not see that coming? I did not Terrible. see that coming. Terrible. Oh. Come on! Oh, these are the jokes, people. They'll <laughs> be arriving shortly. These are my breasts. These are the jokes. <laughs> so listen. So she goes to every show with Cornell. She goes to every show. She ended up meeting him. She she's got numerous photos with him. Uh, and I just Long had no hair and I, short hair, Cornell. Yeah, yeah. She like runs into him in clothing stores now. Like they they're like I guess familiar with each other. Did you do? Did you just do quotes around runs? She runs into him. Some people it's call not it stalking. stalking. No, it, it's not. <laughs> it's not stalking. It's not stalking. It's just one of those. The judge things. called it stalking. I think he was being a little bit of a little bit of a you know a, through a her bit of a jerk. love of him through her obsession with him. And her posting all these things that he does, I've right. grown to really like Chris Cornell. I love uh, Chris Cornell because I didn't realize there was so much there. Like he's he's a real musician. He's real. His WTF was tremendous. Yes, it was. Yeah. And he's um, I love that solo album. Um, I had that. I bought that album the day it came out. Sweet yeah. Euphoria or Euphoria mm-hmm. Morning is that it? Um, Euphoria Morning. There's like seven songs on that album that I love, like Flutter Girl and like you know Can't Change Me and mm-hmm. I I th- that has a steady spot on my Spotify in in one of those playlists. You have to at some point see my I have a playlist in Spotify called You Like Me. I gotta do the Spotify. I don't do it yet. You gotta do Spotify. I gotta do it. It's like making a mixtape. 
That's why it's so great. I know. I, I have personal issues with Spotify that I have to put behind me because I realize okay. that I'm not going to change Spotify by my boycott. Can't change me. Chris Cornell said it. By the way, Chris Cornell, uh, in my opinion, uh, has the most difficult rock vocal line ever. Um, and not even for like, you know, having a high note in it. It's just, it's almost impossible. It's got to be impossible for uh, a singer to duplicate it um, like a stone. From That's um, a good vocal. Yeah, yeah. Audio slave. It's not just a good vocal. It's a freakishly good vocal that you do not realize how difficult it is until you try to go note for note with it. <laughs> right. <laughs> you can't. You You will not. Remember a couple of shows ago, we were talking about uh, the 80 mile an hour one, you know, driving 80 down 95. Yeah. 80 down 95. And what do you, by yourself, and what are you singing at the top of your lungs? Mm-hmm. Like a stone is in that, is on that list, is on that, um, yeah. that Spotify list by you like me, <laughs> um, which is what it's named after. I like and, that. um, uh, I think I have, I have that. I have Cochise. I have uh, doesn't remind me of anything. I have those three. I think those three or four audio slave songs. But anyway, like a stone came on, and I tried to do exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, that's good day, sir. Everybody starts good, but then he dances all over the place. It's a yeah. very well crafted vocal line. He's tremendous. Let me ask you a question. If you could get a God spell tomorrow. All right, no, strike that, Your Honor. All right. Permission to approach? Sure. <laughs> sure. I'll allow what, it. What, a, what a loose judge. What a, what a, sure. What a casual. Sure, <laughs> we were all friends here. Tap, what, tap, a casual, tap what a casual courtroom. That's the name of the show, Casual Court. Bailiff, make us some drinks. <laughs> Permission to approach, Your Honor? Of course. What is this? Of course you can approach. Please, you're so formal. Always standing on ceremony, you are. Permission to come over there, Your Honor? Yeah, come over. (laughs) Sure, it's not a big deal. Come over. No Um, big whoop. What was, damn it, what was I just going to say? You said something about Godspell, I don't know. Oh, yes, okay, so you, but I strike that. Uh, If you're doing, if I can do JCS tomorrow... Yeah. Could we be bigger theater hags? Wow. If I could do JCS tomorrow, can I get Cornell as Jesus and Eddie Vedder as Judas? Is that my is that my best shot there? We did this dream casting about 15 years ago, and that made sense then. I'm not sure I'd bring Vedder in. Um, How dare you? How dare you? For, Watch yourself for counselor. Judas anymore. Not sure. Listen, listen, counselor, pay attention to what you're saying to me right now here in the I casual give, court. I would give Vetter pilot. With that nice baritone he has, he can come out and Very good. do a, mm, I dreamed Metagalilean. You know, well, do that. Actually, I dreamed. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, that's perfect. I dreamed I met a gal. Met a gal. I wash my hands of your grave destruction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, no, but Cornell is Jesus. Is, that's Dude, that's no, Dreamcast. Wait, but that's, but I want veteran pilot now. That's perfect. Who are we yeah. putting in the Jesus spot then? And where are we putting Tom York? We have to put Tom York in this. Why? Why? No. Because I want Tom York in the project. I've spoken to Tom York's people. He's very excited about it. I'll give him Annis. Perfect. Right? Dreamy. After the protesting, forget the excuses. <laughs> Don't Why you filled with remorse? <laughs> That's perfect. Okay. That is perfect. Well, wait, we got to get a... Uh, who's playing uh, Caiaphas then? Leonard Cohen. <laughs> Jesus, you must realize the serious no. charges facing you. Facing you. Right, like all melody, all music goes right. out the window. It's just... Tell yeah, the rebel to be quiet. We anticipate a riot this <laughs> Common crowd is much too loud. <laughs> That's it. It's perfect. That's the letter code you get. Who are you doing for Judas then? I'm stalling. I'm not sure. That's a really difficult part. New York sports, yeah. everybody, by the way. New York sports. Well, they know. They're waiting on Cal. We're waiting on Cal. Cal. This is the this is the fun load of the beginning. It's the front load. That's right. It's the front load. (laughs) This is the front load, baby. Time for the front load, baby. Front. (laughs) Time for the front load. Uh, I uh, I would put Adele as Mary Magdalene. Of course. Awesome. Duh. Just perfect. Duh. So, all right. The only other Take Mary Magdalene, though, if we were doing it 10 years ago, would be Alanis Morissette, wouldn't it? Sure. Yeah, she'd be great. She'd kill she'd that. She'd be great. Mm-hmm. She would kill I that. would. I could do for uh, Simon Zealots, I could, you could do any member of One Direction or even the Bieber. They'd all be awesome. Are we doing that though? Are we are we going outside of the rock oeuvre? That's not the right word. Uh, the rock genre oeuvre is a whole different thing. I just wanted to be fancy. Uh, are there young rockers anymore? I don't know who else to get. I don't want young rockers. I want a mature JCS. Speaking of which, uh, Ted Neely is doing it in Rome. He's seventy-one. <laughs> He's 71 years old. He's 70 goddamn one. He was at the Last Supper, and he's still doing the, still doing the show. God's sake. Good for him. Yes, well, he for can God's sing sake, it. Most likely. He, oh. Well, you can't do that. <laughs> Let me ask you a question, Peach. Uh, was your Oscar ballot <laughs> Lily White? What members of the JCS cast would you put 
in Soundgarden. <laughs> uh, well, Ted Neely to start. I have no Oscar ballot because you know I don't see movies uh, for two years after they're nominated. That's your rule. That's just the way my life plays out. I just, oh, I know. People are like, "Oh, did you see? Did you see this?" Is I, I got. There's no chance. There's no I chance. Know, Look, you're getting to a point where going you... to college in a couple of years, and then I'll then I'll be free to see you know real movies. Free to be you and me. I want to see the big short. I'm never gonna. I'm not gonna get to see it till I can Netflix it. I have a screener. Oh. So here's the thing. I am I am in SAG. I have been in SAG. The big shot with the big short. Betty. <laughs> Watch yourself, counselor. You're feeling like a little <laughs> bit like you have your oats or something. <laughs> the casual court. Maybe the bailiff wants to go ahead <laughs> and and set up a court outside today. Maybe we should have court al fresco. This guy's becoming more and more of a character. I like it. Court is now in session. <laughs> Everybody just sit on your lounge chairs. Just relax. <laughs> we don't... Um, and so uh, I've been in, uh, as you know, been in SAG uh, uh, low these many years. Uh, but Again with don't, the don't... I didn't, I didn't realize you had to, like, apply for the screeners. Okay. So I have a friend who... Uh, who does know this? And so he he got the he got them both delivered, and they do them digitally now as well. Like they give you a pin, and you can watch them digitally. Hmm. So I have them. I just haven't had a chance to watch them. But I have the Big Short, the Revenant, um, all. Hopefully, I'll, I'll get to this weekend. Um, I have um, uh, Spotlight. Um, so I, I hopefully I'll get to them this weekend. Have you seen any of these movies? No. Did you see The Martian? Martian's on demand. No. Will you watch The Martian? I'll watch. I yes, I will watch them all. I will watch all of these films. I also just got Direct TV. Uh, oh, that's yesterday. The switch. I made the switch. So now all three of have, us have Direct TV. By the way. You're going to have to show me how to use it because it's tough. I've gone full Luddite. I don't know how to work it yep. at all. Don't know what I'm doing. Yep. Neither did, Cal has had it for about 15 years. Not sure he knows what he's doing. Yeah. He has been yeah, less I, than helpful. I can't even make fun of that because I don't know what I'm doing. What, uh, what package did you get? That's a personal question. We're currently Ultimate with HBO. We're not Premiere. Couple things I found in making the switch from FiOS to DirecTV, which we've discussed, I did not have a choice. Mm-hmm. Right, because I moved to Pennsylvania, I need to watch the football games. I need the DirecTV, uh, the NFL ticket. They're the only ones who have it. Did not have a choice. Right. I mean, obviously, I had a choice, but <laughs> that choice was to not watch Jet games on Sunday. Not really a choice. Right. So um, Teresa hates it. Hates it. Absolutely hates it. She was so used to Verizon and Fios and everything, she's not adapting well. Okay. It does not... It's not as intuitive as Fios, I feel like, in just 
play in operation. Oh, and it is not as intuitive as uh, um, Cablevision, which I just gave up, right. which was the easiest in the world. I'm muting you that, for two seconds because I need to move my chair, and it's going to be horrible. Right. That said, it has a ton of bells and whistles, like a ton of bells and whistles that once you start to take advantage of them, they're really, really good. Um, but it's... Eh. I don't love DirecTV. I should. I don't love it. But um, it, but you'll get used to it. Like there's there's uh there are features that you can use that are amazing. And I like the DVR better. I think I think I like the DVR better because they didn't have like a series. Re- they like they, they didn't have, have sports. Not, uh, we have no experience with the DVR yet. Yeah, they didn't have like a sports series. Oh, oh gosh darn it! Record. You okay over there? Block Talk Radio, everyone. The audio engineer has no headphones in. There you go. What a deal. Fios didn't have a season record. So, like, for the Mets, like, I can just put in the Mets and it'll record every game. Hmm. Which is nice. And you can put in the option to extend it, like, an hour and a half or whatever. So, so that was a nice feature. It has quick features that I like a lot. I'm not sure if I like the DVR as much. Six months. Well, in. we're we're having a problem. Um, this is really scintillating radio, but we're having a problem with that. Uh, the on-demand uh, video we've been getting has not been high def, which does not fly in my house. Unacceptable. I mean, <laughs> Completely unacceptable. Have you come started on. reading uh, Ready Player One yet? I read uh, the first page and fell asleep like that. So you love not because it's boring. No, no, no. I I was I enjoyed the paragraph that I read. I am so trained right now to read before sleeping that I just fall asleep. I'm gonna have to go like sit uh, on a guardrail near a loud highway. And it's right on Route 9. I'm going to have to read it there. What the hell is that guy? I think he's bringing a book. What is he doing? Dangling his feet into traffic. He's on the Garden State Parkway overpass. What is he doing? (laughs) Um, You'll get get into it. And I'm looking forward to it uh, very much, Lee, because, man, I haven't read a book in months. Not Not a good book. Not a book I didn't abandon. Right. This is um this is an easy read. It's a quick read and if you grew up in uh, the book I'm talking about is called Ready Player One. Um it's going to be a movie. It's from 2011. Um it's a great book. I think the the blurb on the front it's you know Willy Wonka meets The Matrix is completely spot on. Like it's a great uh it's a great blurb, but it's also if you grew up in the time that we grew up in and you like or love pop culture as much as we do, or you quote movies from the eighties like we do mm-hmm. to the point where your wife is ready to leave you about it. Maybe my, my wife, maybe your wife's probably not ready to leave me about it. Um, it's, it's going to be amazing Peach, Cause there's, it's the whole book. I mean, the whole book, the, the premise of the book is that it's 40 years from now or, uh, or so. And uh, people are obsessed with eighties pop culture. Okay. And so 
it's just it's incredible. Like the the movie references alone on the first page. Once you get past the once you get to the second paragraph and there's the mm-hmm. Ghostbusters line, but it's in twenty you know forty four or whatever, you're gonna be like, oh, oh, I see. I'm in good hands now. Okay, I'm right, fine. Right. Um, it'd be a great you. movie. It'd be a great speaking movie. Speaking of speaking of eighties. My my son is really getting into music now. Walks around the house singing, smells like Teen Spirit. I mean, just just loves music. Oh, that's fantastic! Uh, show him stuff. He embraces it. Loves '90s music. Loves current music. Loves the Beatles. Cannot listen to '80s music. Really? Put anything on. He. I don't know. It's. I don't know if he knows. But it just turns and walks away. Like I put on Paradise City. Right? Okay, I was just hey, gonna ask. Like, what are you qualifying as '80s music here? Anything that was made in the '80s, he has no. Unless it's the Ghostbusters theme song, he has no time for. I've, I've tried a lot. I've tried a lot, wow. a lot of music. It's That's really bizarre. weird. Yeah, he's got this. He's got this blind spot for it. He's got a, He's got an '80s bugaboo. Yeah. He's got an 80s electric boogaloo. Boogaloo, too. I I should try that. I should try some some bad uh, drum machine-driven... Go Beat Street, right. Yeah. Bad white boy hip-hop. There's... um, So, if you put on, like, OMD, like, if you put on, like, If You Leave, like, no good? Like, anything in that era uh, uh we tried uh depeche mode no good we tried yaz no good wow he almost liked life in a northern town but then no good <laughs> um the smiths were uh, a failure old what about U2? a band though i thought old u2 would get him like i was that. just gonna say does does he like 90s u2 yes that's bizarre yeah. peach he starts so he starts you play one, he's good. You play Red Hill Mining Town, he's out. Right. With or without you, wants nothing to do with it, but he'll listen to one. Absolutely true. <laughs> he, maybe he's trolling me. I don't know. He is trolling you. He's totally trolling you. Speaking of trolling, I want to go back to the Oscars here. Sure. Because uh, you – oh, and we do need to talk about Mr. Robot because I finally finished it. Oh my God, that show! Oh, I gotta tell you this, Peach. No, no, wait, stop, stop the presses, right. stop. stop. Presses are stopped. <laughs> they might stop the presses anymore. Um, <laughs> newspaper print is dead. Um, only one press. No, so the speaking of podcast, the Bill Simmons podcast, right? So Bill Simmons, uh, the BS report, he got fired from ESPN sort of let go, blah, blah, blah. He was kind of out on his own. He signed the deal with HBO and about four months ago, three or four months ago, he started doing podcasts again under his own sort of label. And it's like the Bill Simmons podcast. Okay. And he started doing his weekly uh, podcast with cousin Sal, who's one of the writers on Jimmy Kimmel and is actually Jimmy Kimmel's cousin or, and, and so is Bill Simmons. So there, that's Bill Simmons wrote on Jimmy Kimmel for a while. That's oh, why okay. he moved to Los Angeles. So he was the Boston sports guy. He wrote for ESPN, blah, blah, blah. Then he wrote on Jimmy Kimmel. He moved to Los Angeles, and that's how he started this kind of empire that he's putting together. 
Another hey, empire. <laughs> black Sorry. man. Black man. Black man. Bad idea. What are you doing, Queensryche? Um, I love that song, by the way. I can't get enough of that song. I put it on a playlist for when I was shooting the TV show that I did because um, I put together a playlist for that. I told you that. And I put Empire on it because Empire really fit with the character. And I was trying to listen to music that like worked with what I was doing. It's all actors. And um, and Empire was one of the tunes. And I love that song. <laughs> I'm like walking around going into work, like walking down Third Avenue. I'm like, black man, black man, <laughs> trapped again, holds his keys in his hands. <laughs> By the way, Jeff Tate, man, Jeff Tate. I know we talked about it a couple shows ago, but I've been listening yeah. to Empire a lot. Okay. <laughs> and Silent Lucidity. I don't know what to make of his voice. Hush like now, don't you cry. Like he's German, right? He's got to be German. Or has it just begun? Um, he's like trying to sing American. And he sounds I like the Scorpions. I don't know. I don't know where he's Hush from. Hush, child, you were there. Only didn't realize. And you got scared. Like it's bizarre. He seems to have had late life operatic training. And he pushes it a little oh, no too doubt. hard. No doubt. Holds his keys in his hands. <laughs> it's like it's like seven notes in one in one fell yeah. swoop. <clears throat> so anyway, Simmons does this weekly podcast with cousin Sal, who's a writer on Jimmy Kimmel. Right. Um, and they've known each other for you know ten, since Kimmel started or whatever, and they're cousins. Anyway, they guess the lines of the spreads for the week. Right. They've been doing this for years, like before he even had the BS report. Mm-hmm. This is like another podcast that's been around since like 2009 or so. And they guess the lines on Monday of the week. And they talk about football and blah, blah, blah. They started doing something this year, Peach, as they came back. And if I didn't know any better, it's something that we have done on this show for six years so many times. <sighs> they were talking about what TV shows they're watching, Right. Okay. And they always do. They always do. They always talk about like, oh, have you caught this show? Have you seen this show? Blah, blah, blah. And he, they started getting to the point where they were like, there's too much content. Right? There's just too much content. Like you, like somebody was saying to me the other day, like, oh, you got to watch this show. It's on like, you know, it's on like Amazon Prime or something. Like there's just too much content. Right. Right, right. And so they started making up shows every week now. And they sound so much like what we've been doing. It's unbelievable. Like, like our CBS lineup? That's it. Yeah. Uh, you know, like, oh, oh, Bill, Bill, there's this, there's this great new show. It actually, uh, it's, actually, it's actually only on Periscope. Like, you have to log into <laughs> Periscope. And, and so, like, that's part of the joke. Part of the joke is, like, where it streams. Right, like, right. like one week, Simmons was like, it's only at gas stations. Just that little TV at gas stations. <laughs> He's like, and it's, you know, it's uh, it's Brian Cranston uh, plays a janitor. And like, they try to make up like the most outlandish thing. Right. And it's funny. Like, they've all been very funny. But we've been doing this. We've been doing this. Can't get a leg up, man. For six years. I, I love it. You know what it is? 
Marin talks about it all the time, right? He just talked about it, about Amy Schumer and how somebody took, he and Amy Schumer did a, you heard about this, right? Um, it's before, it's actually before the Michael Moore uh, episode, so you might not have oh, heard the, it yet. They had similar routines that he, that he was going to put the one in his special and, and then he tuned right. into her special and it was there. And he saw yeah, it, parallel right? thinking. And, right. And he, but he didn't throw her under the bus or anything like that. He didn't accuse her of stealing. He called her up and said, I'm watching your special and I have something like that and my special's coming out. It's totally cool, blah, blah, blah. Somebody took what he said and cut it and then put like like three other examples of her as like a joke stealer, quote unquote, and they're destroying her. Yeah, they're destroying Ridiculous. her on, on, on social media. So he really lashed out about this before the Michael Moore podcast, and his point was, it's the collective conscience. You right. can't be, everybody's going to have lines and be do their things. There's 8 million comedians. If anything, you know, this is not somebody ripping off a huge swath of a routine. This is just a funny idea. People have funny ideas. I can't possibly vet every funny idea I have. And so that's what this is with Simmons. Like it's, mm-hmm. it's something that we've, we've done for six years and it's funny. And funny people say funny things. You right. know, like it, it, it's certainly, I think... As a culture, like we have to so get over this idea, especially in comedy, but like this idea of ripping off. Like, everything know. is derivative of everything. Yeah, no, no, no one sees right. No one sees the common threads in the evolution. I mean, I, you know, I, I I thought I was a creative genius when I started, uh, you know, tweeting and facebooking that uh, that Bernie Sanders ought to be played by Larry David, and then. <laughs> You know, the, and then he showed up on SNL, and uh, I posted, you know, thank you, Lauren, for listening to me. Right. But I wasn't the only guy, obviously, who had that idea. No. When you look at Bernie Sanders, who do you see? Right. And this is sh- this is so common. We had it in music for years, right? So we were in the band together and stuff, and you would write something. You'd write a song, and you'd be like. Well, I I hope this one's not out there yet. But yeah. it might be. It might be. But it might be. Sounds yeah. like sounds like it's derivative of something. Like it's almost impossible to be wholly original. That's why I, I, I've always maintained that and you and I have uh have discussed this but not at length. You've asked me like why do I feel like a voice in uh, for a band or something is the thing I latch on to? It's because in a band, to me, in popular music or rock music or whatever, that's the only original part. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like there's really only two original things, right? Like the 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 or three. Okay, so strike that three three original things. Watch yourself, big guy. Just sit down in your in your chase lounge and just relax. Um, let's adjourn while you collect your thoughts and come back with the right number. But adjourn sounds so hard. Let's just let's just take a break. Let's just everybody take five. Smoke them if you got them. Next on Casual Court. <laughs> um, See, there's three is... things. Right, there's three things. There's the vocalist and the originality yeah. that he or she brings to the table. 
because they're that that's their voice, only one voice. There's the lyrics, if it's a lyrical situation. That and those can be obviously derivative of of lots of things, but lyrically you can be original there because they're your words. Sure. And chemistry with the musicians, that can't be recreated, right? So you can't put. Um, you have John Paul Jones, Jimmy Page, John Bonham, and Robert Plant in a room together. It's going to sound one way. It's not going to sound the same if Keith Moon is playing drums. It's not. It might be effing spectacular, but it's not going to be the same band. Yeah. Different matter. Right? So that's that's mm-hmm. all you can bring to the table. Everything else is freaking derivative. Especially when you mention those four guys. Right. But that's why that's why I've always latched on to vocalists. Like that's why the the lead singer is the most important guy to me in if you look at the bands that I love, that I absolutely love, it's lead singer's voice and lyrics. Because that's, you know, everything else I've kind of heard before. <laughs> I mean, that's not entirely true. That's a generalization. But you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, you know, you, you look at those uh, those comedians who strung string together, you know, the fifty random hit songs that have the same four chord progression, you know, and they just play play it one right after the other. Yeah, and you you yeah. can see how the, you know obviously the same songs get remade over and over and over again. Yeah, it's it's it, they. You would say that you would be like. I hope this one's original. <laughs> like, right. And but and they were, but but the the most of the originality came from either your composition, it's definitely a part of it, the chemistry in the room where like you would play it, and then also lyrically what you brought to the table, and then you would bring something to the table that I would sing that would sound completely different when Scott sang it or somebody else. You know what I mean? Like your voice brought well, yeah, a different and- interpretation in the song. Right, 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 right. I mean, and 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 coming in like, you know, I always come in with a guilty look on my face because I know where it's derivative <laughs> a lot. Right. So as soon as I walk in the room, I'm trying to hide that. And but there's you know there's no point because once you put it in the hands of five other people, right? You know, then the obviously derivative parts kind of go away and it starts to become that's, its well, own. That's the other thing. thing. That's right. They you were, start they from were, commonality. You have you you yeah. you you can't help it. You're yeah. you're not this wholly original. You being. you you. There, there were songs that you brought in where we were like, man, the the old joke. Uh, Tom York is online too. <laughs> uh, in fact, the entire band Radiohead is online too. They are not happy. Uh, but then you give it to the, the other people that were in our band, which who were gifted musicians, and all of a sudden it doesn't sound like a U2 song anymore. Yeah. And then I and would I, be singing it, or Scott would be singing it, and I don't sound anything like Bono, and so it's not a U2 song. Yeah, I, I don't think, you know, if we if we had released a couple of records, um, I don't think we'd get wait, the derivative. Wait, we didn't? No. Well, we talk like we did. If we sold any records, how about that? But that's one of my favorite things ever, though. We talk all the time, and we've done it on RTU for years. 
Yeah. We talk all the time. Like you and I were in like a seven album band that, you know, it's six years of tour. Like we were zebra or something like we, we, you know, we toured for a while, had a couple of hit records, you know, we did okay. And uh, that's decidedly not the case. <laughs> There's very little touring, very limited. Touring. <laughs> <There was> a... <laughs> Tour, touring was limited to seven blocks of Manhattan. The seven block radius from Bleecker <laughs> to uh, McDougal. <laughs> the, the concert t-shirt had like just one street on the back. <laughs> the um, constant t-shirt had three arrows we played here here <laughs> right right <laughs> one street three arrows um so but anyway uh i i just thought that was funny with uh with simmons and them now i i'm seriously going back to the oscars because this is it's something i wanted to talk about wouldn't be able to talk about we might not have cal tonight um he is and, uh he's having, having some technical sorry. problems no, and, and, and we love him, and we'll be back next week. We'll talk about sports. I feel very strongly about him. I uh, I do as well. I don't know if I, um, I, I use the L word. I mean, come on. Well, the Super Bowl's in a Super Bowl's in a week and a half. We can talk about that. Sure. But, I, sure. but I'd rather talk about the Oscars for a minute. Because Cam this Newton is bothering me. I, I love Cam Newton. Love everything about him. Love the celebrations. Yep. Have no problem with any of it. Love the name. Yep. I have no problem. Why Why in the world are we so upset about – and I've been listening to Sports Talk Radio, Peach, like a little bit like listening to Frances and stuff, and the people that call in that are upset about Cam Newton and his antics oh, please. Are, always, are always like, listen, Mike, listen, I'm about to – I'm going to be on the line here a little bit. It's because – no, you're not on the line. It's because he's a black quarterback. He's a black quarterback. He's a black player. If Peyton Manning was doing what he was doing, no one would care. No one. No one. Peyton Manning wouldn't make a 15-yard charge for the end zone, I'll tell you that, and flip to get in. Who cares? (laughs) If he was not a black player, this wouldn't be a problem. For for people to say that race is not underlying this is ridiculous. I think it, I, I feel that's my opinion. My personal opinion is that, yeah, of course, race plays a part in it. These are old white men calling up sports stations and being like, hey, "Listen, I'm going to be on a line here. I'm going right. to be, you know, straddling the line." But uh, you know, you score a touchdown, flip the ball to referee, and go back to why, why, why? Because that's if the way it was, should be done. All right. If this was disrespecting the doing game. this. Yeah, That's if this why. was Kirk Cousins doing this, you wouldn't have the same problem with it. You wouldn't. Admit it. It doesn't make you racist much. Those people should have sat down. That's all. That's what I'm saying. That's my <laughs> uncle. Thank you. I'll be my uncle for the remainder of the show, if you don't mind. <laughs> are, are, you, are, you, are you PJ's racist uncle for the rest of the show? <laughs> yeah, if you, don't, if you don't mind. if uh, I don't want Cal to get mad at me uh, long distance. I love that character. He's good. <laughs> He's very useful. We can use him as like kind of like a, a straw man's not the right word. We can use him as like a an argument, you know, <laughs> set up at all times. No, but well, really, yeah, I mean, you hear it on the radio. Thing. I've I've been hearing it at family dinners for, uh, <laughs> for the past thirty years. Right. All the uh, you know. The truth. I don't want to say. I don't want to 
say, but you know, you yeah. you wouldn't you wouldn't see behavior like this uh, forty years ago. It, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> okay, we get it. Yeah, we get it. Yeah, when everybody was back, back when everything home, was great. That's right. Everybody was closeted, and uh, it was great. It was fantastic. Now, listen, I do think though, Seth MacFarlane was on um, Real Time the other night. I don't know if you caught it. Um, no, I and he, seen and he made a great he made a great point. It was it was they were discussing the Oscars. They were talking about, um, you know, social media sort of that fine line between being overly PC and and this is backlash against that. You know, um, PC isn't even PC anymore. Right. Now. Now there's there, there's this other, and Marin was talking about it too. This other sort of uh, knee jerk, just you know, quick to troll, quick to spoil anything, anything that looks yeah. like it could ignite, you just go and ignite it. Whatever That's it right. is, who cares? It's anonymous, right. so say what you want. Say yep. any stupid thing. Take down anybody you feel like, regardless of whatever work they've put in or whatever actual value they may they may have, go after it and yeah. and and get your comment in and disappear. Right, it's and that's what Marin was talking about with with Schumer. He was talking about how these are faceless. You know, he used he used a term I I won't use on the show, but he he was it was great. It was like these these faceless, useless, you know, nerds. That are comedy nerds that are destroying this. He used the word "raping her career" um, mm-hmm. because they want to. But I, but it, but if you go back to the the PC thing or whatever, it's the swing back to these guys call up and say, "Well, Mike, I'm going to be straddling the line here." Blah 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 blah. Uh, you know, but you can't say anything about. You know, you can't say anything about it. Like you can't say that it's you know, because he's a black quarterback or whatever, or he's a black player. You can't say that. Heaven forbid you say that. Well, you just did, first of all. <laughs> and second of all, yeah, you can say something about it because that's why you have a problem. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. if you can't do the, if you can't do the test, you know, the, would I have a problem with this if this was Eli Manning? and you can't pass that test, then it is because he's a black player. So Yeah, well, you know, what you end up having to do, like when you argue with these guys, you end up just chasing their racism around the room. Like if you, if you refute that, then right. you'll get sort of a, well, you know, well, maybe Peyton Manning had a different upbringing. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right. Or, you're being, or you get that you're being too sensitive. Oh, I right. can't say anything. Couldn't it just be one guy said this is true. One guy said, "Can it just be that I don't like that much celebration?" Uh, sure, it can. Would you like it if it was your team? Because <laughs> you, you said you were a Giant fan. Yeah. Right. Would you be okay with it if he was the quarterback of the Giants and you were in the Super Bowl? Or you still wouldn't like it? That's Who's right. the quarterback Look. who looks like Scott Farkas who got uh, knocked out? Andy Dalton. Yeah. What if it was him? By the way, so I mean, such a, just such how such we got Parker. there. Let's just take a let's just take a bow <laughs> for how we got 
We're gonna post a picture on this uh, on this episode page <laughs> of Scott Farkas and Andy Dalton. And um the the, the, the pop Farkas. The, the pop culture mining we just did. Pretty 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 good. If he did a little he, dance yeah. in the end zone, who'd be saying yeah. anything? No, nobody cares. Nobody cares. And that's and that's a and, and this Super Bowl is gonna be very interesting because <laughs> God, Steve, let's just say nothing. Yeah, really? The Super Bowl is going to be interesting, Steve? Good one. Wow, spoiler alert. God. <laughs> so trying to edit out. let that go. There was nothing wrong with but, it. But you know what? I needed to take myself to task for it because it's so inane. <laughs> really, Steve? The Super Bowl is going to be interesting? Really? Sometimes, yes. That that's one of those connecting phrases that you just move know, past and you, and you get to your BS. point. Not everything has to be gold. That's not true. Um, so the Super Bowl is going to be really interesting because uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, I, I find it to be a fascinating Super Bowl. I don't. I love the Panthers. Like I've sort of gotten all on board with the Panthers here. Yeah, I like them very much. Sort of surprisingly. I think it's because I've always loved Cam Newton. I wanted the Jets to trade for him, like when he was kind of out of favor in Carolina and there were rumors that he might be traded. I wanted the Jets to go get him. I've mm-hmm. always loved his game. I've always felt he's uh, was going to develop into a, a – I've said it on the show, like I've always liked Cam Newton. Um, I feel like he's really developed into but – but he's also a great personality. Let's and talk he's, about he's, some quarterbacks of color for a second. <laughs> Cam Newton, RG3. RG3, who I love as well. Let's say Kaepernick. Okay. Um, who else we got? You got uh, Wilton, uh, Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson. You see all of these guys getting equal grief. You see, and uh, the kid in uh, Buffalo, too. What's his name? Uh... Hello? Can you still hear me? I lost you. I I don't know if uh, PJ's still on, but I'm still on. We were talking about, uh, yeah, that's uh, what's the kid's name in Buffalo? It, uh, Tyrod Taylor. Why couldn't I think of Tyrod Taylor? Goodness me. Yeah, Russell Wilson, Tyrod Taylor. Um, you know, you have uh, uh, Colin Kaepernick, Tyrod Taylor, Russell Wilson, Cam Cam Newton. Um, do they all get the same grief? Well, no, they don't. They don't all get the same grief. I think Cam Newton is getting grief that's, you know, exponentially more than these other. Russell Wilson gets nothing. Because Russell Wilson scores a touchdown and, you know, flips the ball to the referee. Okay, great. So Cam Newton doesn't do that. He celebrates huge. He's huge on the sideline. He's getting his team fired up. And what's the big deal? It's football. It's entertainment. Is Russell Wilson, uh, I mean, is Cam Newton uh, celebrating a sack down 35 nothing? That's the guy I have a problem with. That's the guy that, like, hey, dude, you're down 30 points. 
there's no reason to, for a 16-minute celebration on a sack. That's the guy I have a bigger problem with. And look, it's the biggest stage in the world, the Super Bowl. Good. The NFL needs Cam Newton. Desperately. This is like I'm doing a CBS Sports Minute. But the NFL needs Cam Newton. And it needs to relax. And you know what? If you don't, you know, people said it. If you don't like that he's celebrating that way and celebrating touchdowns that way, then keep him out of the end zone. God, why does everything have to be so uptight? Why? It's sports. It's entertainment. Oh, you know, Cespedes flips the bat. Flips the bat all over the place, Cespedes. So what? They will police that on the field. The pitchers will take care of that. It's entertainment. So what? I Look, I think this is a great Super Bowl. I think you have a fantastic defense with Denver that clearly got them there. Uh, Peyton Manning on his last hurrah, trying to get that last ring. And, uh, you know, you have Cam Newton, who is going to be good for a long time. Going to be good for a long time. And that's a great defense, too. He's going to be good for a long time. Okay, so, you know, get used to seeing Cam Newton in these big games. Because he's, you know, I know, oh, we said that about this quarterback or that quarterback. Cam Newton's good. Really good. And I know I'm I'm on a, you know, a, a, a soapbox here, but I've been very frustrated. Sports is entertainment. It's supposed to be fun. You know, why do we have to, you know, why do we have to destroy these guys? You know, why can't guys, oh, I don't like the celebrations. I don't like that. Well, you know what? Where's the joy in your life? Why do you watch sports? Aren't sports an escape? You're watching a grown man who's a, a ridiculous human specimen, by the way. Like you go to a football game and you stand 10 feet away from these guys and you're like, holy cow, I can't believe we're the same species. These guys are huge. They're, they're, they're these incredible athletes, incredible specimens playing a game. Can they have some fun? He's, he's, he's in a, 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 a stadium full of 75,000 people. He can't have fun? In his home crowd. Oh, he's getting the crowd all worked up. He's standing on the bench. So what? Go to a high school game. Doing that all the time. That's okay. But a professional playing for the ultimate prize in the, in the land, he can't do that. Please. I just, I, I'm sorry. I don't mean to get sanctimonious or all uh, radio talk showy here or whatever, but I've been thinking about this for, you know, uh, for a couple of days since they got in the Super Bowl. Yes, I'm pulling for Carolina. Hi, Peach. Good God, my computer had a heart attack. <laughs> right in the middle of that, McAfee knocked me off Block Talk Radio. So I didn't hear anything you said. And I'm That's good I, because I I just I went on a seven minute tirade. <laughs> my God, what a piece of garbage. I just McAfee. went on a uh, literally, literally a seven-minute Mr. McAfee. 
How dare you, Mr. sir? Mr. McAfee with your program over there. It's never done anything. I get 30 viruses that's, a day. That's a good show. Mr. McAfee. Mr. McAfee. <laughs> he's a grumpy old neighbor. Yeah. He's, <laughs> he's a, I, see, I sort of had him as a uh, community college professor. Oh, excellent. Excellent. Yeah. Mr. McAfee, he teaches psych at the community college. He's got two students that are in love but won't admit it. Julia, are you studying later? Oh, I don't know. I'll be around. <laughs> Get a room already. And the name of the show is just McAfee. <laughs> Why not? Right? And he's teaching. He's like a, a, a psych genius, like a psychology <laughs> genius, but he's teaching at like a community college in like Arkansas. Nah, uh, that's too too rural. Um, that's too far out. Illinois. How about Columbus? Columbus? Okay. Sure. Mr. McAfee, what are you doing here? Wait, why, why did I put it in Brooklyn? <laughs> Wait, let's go back. It's your first go-to character, like my uncle. Yeah, McAfee, yes. Mr. McAfee, what are you doing here? Well, what are you doing here? <laughs> Sal. I transferred. <laughs> Sal, what are you doing here in Columbus? I transferred from Bensonhurst. You know that. I transferred from Queen Community College. That's a good color character. That'd be awesome. I was, I was at Sony. I was, at, I was at CCMY, and my parents moved to Columbus. That is, he's, he's in there. He's in there. He's a good character. Um, <laughs> Mr. Mike. I want to. We're gonna we're gonna wrap this up in a couple of minutes, but I want to talk yes, about. Please. I do want to talk about the Oscars, though, and go back okay. to this. Go back to this topic. Because I'm really interested, nay, um, fascinated by your opinion on this. Because you, I have not seen any of your takes. I hate that word. Uh, any of your um, uh, chiming in sort of on this whole idea of boycotting the Oscars, uh, Jada Pinkett Smith, um, the Oscars are too white, um, and I and I'm really interested uh, uh to get your 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 opinion. Do you think that Peach, do you think that there is a legi- there is a legitimacy to those awards being a water mark that's not what I'm looking for, but it being a a sort of um indicator of a bellwether? Where, yeah, a bellwether, thank you. Uh, uh, where people of color and or minorities exist in Hollywood. Like, are are the Oscars that? There have been Oscar statement years. You know, like the year where Denzel and Halle Berry both won. Um, right. where, there, where there are these sort of movements of, you know, this is the year of the black actor. And then right. there are some years where it's not that, or this is the year of the gay issue. And then then there's a year where it's not that. Um, I don't know who votes. I don't know who, who nominates. Um, right. So well, I mean, the, I, the, the Academy, it's, it's actors vote for actors, directors vote for directors. Um, 
you know, the, 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 it's people in the industry. I just wonder, my thing is, this is, these are not the right people to be protesting. You mean like Jada mm-hmm. Pinkett Smith is married to one of the most powerful men in Hollywood. Right. Who's been nominated for two Oscars. Like, and and Mike Francesa's been, to his credit, somebody called up about this or whatever, and Mike Francesa brought up a great point, and I totally agree with it. It's, Will Smith can get any movie made he wants. He has his own production company. Sure. Like it's, yeah. it's not like some you know it's not like Will Smith's going in and saying I want to make this movie to his own production company Overbrook Films and they're like well no Will even though you're the boss and you pay for everything no mm-hmm. he he can, he can do pretty much anything he wants so I don't know if he's I'm not denying also, that also I don't be a I don't know I don't even know like if 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 you left off uh, you know a certain number of of black performances from the things that you thought were good this year. I don't know if that rises to the word racism. Right. Um, you know, it, it may be closer to, I don't know, short-sighted or you, you, right. you didn't do enough homework, you know, not enough research <laughs> done. Maybe you should have thought right. harder. A boycott um, on the Oscars, uh, of the Oscars, doesn't, to me again, just my opinion, doesn't address the problem. There's a problem. There is there is a huge problem from for minorities in Hollywood. They don't run mm-hmm. things. They don't have a lot they of don't. control. They no. can't get a lot of things made. They can't get a lot of the parts that will go to a white actor. But, but boycotting the Oscars is not the way to do it. Because the Oscars are a... The Oscars are a stroke job. <laughs> you know, for yeah, it's for, a, it also we're talking we're talking about an award ceremony here, right? You know, we're we're not talking about uh, uh, giving out fifty scholarships for right. uh, a, <laughs> achievement or something like that. Or you're, you're or giving out little gold the, statues, and you're raising right. somebody's pay for next year. Exactly. <laughs> you're saying this guy gets a raise, this guy gets a raise. Like, what is your boycott of the Oscars going to do about the fact that? Most of the studios and the major studios are run by white men. It's not, it's mm-hmm. not going to do anything, you know. How about how about and and you brought up a great point. Like, if there were if they were giving out fifty film school scholarships, which should be part of every Oscars, right? Like, why not make the Oscars like the Oscars, and also in conjunction with that. We're going to give out 25 full scholarships uh, to USC film school. Something. I'm just spitballing, right? Right. So you give out college scholarships as part of the Oscars. Right. Then if you fill the stage with 50 smiling white kids. (laughs) 50 smiling kids from the Upper East Side are standing on the stage. You know, that all went to Exeter. Like, then you got a problem. No, in this case, right, the ship has sailed. Everybody's made their movies. Everybody's made their movies. And, you know, that movie that Will Smith didn't get nominated for made like eight gazillion dollars. And he made like eight gazillion dollars making it. We're talking about the concussion movie? Yeah. Like, it's just not the right 
it's just not the right fight. And they're and frankly, they're hanging Chris Rock out to dry. Oh, Rock's going to be fine. Of course, he'll be fine. I'm I'm, I'm not saying that. I'm saying you, you you choose to do this in a year where there's a black host again, mm-hmm. and a black host who has spoken eloquently and honestly about racism in like the last like two months. And basically said everything, like he made the, like Chris Rock, and I can't remember where the interview was, but it was fantastic. And he said, you know, the, he, he broke it down perfectly. Like, here's the problem. Here's what's not happening. If anybody has a right to be pissed, it's Mexicans, because they, they completely have no chance to get in a movie. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Kevin Hart's playing 40,000 seats and playing like Madison Square Garden and, and, John Stewart's playing 3,000 seats. Does Kevin Hart need to cross over? Why? Why does he no, have to cross over? I mean, I, cross over, see, cross over again, to I, what? I, I, I have a hard time talking about this year because I just haven't seen, gosh, anything. I haven't seen anything. Yeah. So I can't say, like, who made the great films this year and who's being ignored you know, and and uh, you know, I would have I would have liked to see the concussion movie. Um, I sound like, I sound like a grandma now. Did you see the concussion movie with the Will Smith? Did you see the concussion? It's not the concussion. It would have to be plural. Did you see the concussion? I think it's about football. Did you see the concussions? It's a movie. It's a film. So I mean, it's a, it's you know, it's a program. If if there's a, a stable of creative people who are being shafted in the recognition department, I mean, that's a shame. But you know, a lot of times films get ignored because it has no audience. Did, did that play into it? I, I I don't know. Right. But uh, you know, Oscar's fickle. Like Oscar just made a big deal about Twelve Years a Slave. So maybe they're like, well, that's an, it's enough, enough of that, you know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how it really works. I yeah. don't know. I don't like boycotts. I, 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 you know what I mean? Like, I don't. It, yeah, I don't. I don't either. Making the accusation doesn't useful. bother me as much as the Jada Pinkett Smith video. I didn't. I don't know right. why I didn't like that, but I was like, "Well, who's going to care if you leave Hollywood anyway?" James Pickett Smith. Well, <laughs> like, and they caught cares? they caught a lot of guff for it, and I thought rightfully so because you're not the right people for this message. Mm-hmm. You're one of the most powerful couples in Hollywood. I mean, you could, you know, I I get that you feel passionately about it, and that's okay, but like. You can make any movie. You could make 50 movies a year with just black people in them. Why are right. you not doing that? Like, you have the power to make as many movies as you want with people of color. Why are you not doing that? Listen, b- before they eliminated the limit on how many films could be nominated, wasn't it always the big joke every year that, you know, this film was nominated, apparently directed by no one? You know, because the director might have, you know, been looked over. I mean, that was like, right. that was like, it was the running joke all the time. 
But that's yeah, because... Nominated for Best Picture, actors, this movie that was written by no one at all. Ha, 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 ha. Right. But now, but like, actors, 35 movies get nominated. Right, but actors vote for actors and directors vote for directors. That's why you find that a lot. That's mm. why you find that the, the, the uh, actors will get the vote because of other actors and, and, like, the popularity contest aspect of it. And then directors would be like, well, F that. That other movie I saw was way better directed. Yeah. So that's why, that's why you get that a lot. I just, you I know, just, the, the, I... The fact that it's the Oscars is just so off-putting. Yeah, <laughs> I agree. You know what I mean? Like, if I thought the Nobel Prize Committee uh, was, was, was like, super <laughs> racist, I, I'd be bothered. <laughs> But the Academy? I don't, I don't care. I wish the Nobel Prize Committee was super racist. <laughs> I'm concerned that the casting director is racist. You right. know? That, and, 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 and that and a, frankly, a poor movie the, and, gets and, made because he doesn't make the right decisions. But, but to be honest with you, the casting director, and I only know this now because of recent developments in my life. In your own race. The casting... The can that's correct. <laughs> the evolution of your own rancid racism. racism. No, the casting director only suggests. It does not get past the producers or the director. Okay. I've had this happen to me recently. Mm-hmm. Where, you know, a casting director has suggested me strongly and the producer passed on me. Because, so the the producers and the directors have the final say. Now, now casting directors, in that same breath, casting directors should maybe suggest more people of color, perhaps. But they can only do what, if the producer says, we need a white guy for this, the casting director can't really be like, well, here's three black guys. Okay, okay, but still, that that is, in the level of filmmaking, I think... That's where my concern is. But that's if you don't the want an all-white industry, make sure the producers are... That's, a, that's the producers right. and the directors. Are on the level. Because they're, they're, they're... I mean, at least in my limited experience, you know, of late with TV and stuff like that, like, that's where the decisions are made. The decisions are made with... the You know, the casting directors just suggest. Mm-hmm. You know? Um... But yeah, you're absolutely. That's where the problem is. The producers, the you know, the directors start start writing stuff with you know more roles for people of color, or start thinking outside the box in terms of casting. Like that that particular lead doesn't have to be a white guy. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know. Let's wrap it, kid. No. Okay, I had a dangerous oh, question for you, but I'll <laughs> but I'll hold it. You hold it. I'm holding it. Final unload of the fun load. Of the front load and the back load. Fun of the load. front load and the back load. Well, I think I think we're going to have to be uh, doing weekly check-ins uh, with uh, DirecTV. We're just going to have to see how I'm doing. Um, <laughs> because because literally, uh, I was off from work today. And uh, I was home with the kids for a good portion of the day. And I didn't put the TV on once because I was intimidated because I don't know how to use it yet. <laughs> you scared of the TV? 
I'm a little bit scared of my own television now. So Afraid of the not... dish. <laughs> Listen, That's, everybody yeah, tune in. I didn't do anything. I didn't do anything. I didn't do anything. Everybody tune in next week for uh, Casual Court. And Fear judge. of the Dish. <laughs> With ju- What's our judge's name? It's got to be like a good, like, Judge uh, Flo. No, it's got to be good. <laughs> Who's our judge? I like Spencer. <laughs> Spencer Jack. Tune in, for, tune in for Casual Court with Judge Spencer Jack. And it's no big deal. Just sit down. We're just Listen, counselor, you could come to the bench if you want. All right? There's an open invitation. It's an open invitation. And it's not engraved, okay? So just come up whenever you're ready. Followed by Mr. McAfee. <laughs> Followed by Mr. McAfee. He's a small-town psych professor genius in Columbus, Ohio. Mr. McAfee. Wait, listen, Sal, get back to go back to Queens. Uh, that is all the time we have. Next week we'll be back with Cal. PJ, thank you for doing this with me, though. I enjoyed it. An absolute pleasure, and uh, I'm just so glad I got knocked off and knocked back you off. And ah, a delight. Thank you. One word. Racist. <laughs> That's the James Lipton we're all waiting for. Your I don't want to be a racist. Don't call me a racist. I try Your so hard. In, in Mr. McAfee. One word. <laughs> racist. <laughs> oh, that's night, that's everybody. where we got to put. That's where my uncle comes in. We're casting him next week on 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 Mr. McAfee as the new Mr. adult Mr. education <laughs> student. <laughs> the new adult education racist. <laughs> <laughs> I came here to learn a few things. Okay, just not about the Jews. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I know I know enough, and Good I think night. you do too. Good night. I'm not saying. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs>